Welcome to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. Today, you'll learn tactics so that you can negotiate like a boss because you are one. First, we'll have Linda Swindling with us sharing three tactics for getting more than your speaking fee. Next, Greg Williams will share how you can get your clients to tell you all of the additional products and services they want to buy from you, even if you haven't created them yet. Have your iPad or notepad ready for note-taking because this one is going to be good. On this segment of Voices of Experience, we have Linda Swindling. And I like to introduce people with some type of little numbers fact about themselves. But Linda, I think you told me that you couldn't just give me one. Why not? Well, of course not. You're asking us to up our fees. You're asking us to really think outrageously. So here's your numbers. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. 10, 23, 20, 2, and 30. What do those mean? Yeah. Only 10 years is what I practice law. I only (laughs) practice for 10 years. Um, 23 years I've been speaking. I have written or co-authored 20 books. Mm -hmm. And then my favorite two numbers are the 2 and the 30. I have two children. Okay. And I've been married 30 years. Congratulations. Yeah, you can do this in this business. You can have a family and still do the speaking business. Well, I think that's a wonderful message for everyone that's listening because a lot of us have families. So I love that. And congratulations on 30 years. Thank you. So today we're talking about negotiating more per speaking event. And I'm sure everyone listening is just hungry for your insights on this. And Linda, you speak on negotiating, period. So you're sharing with us the types of things you share with your clients. But I love it that you do this, obviously, for your own business, but you're sharing with your audiences as well. So let me ask you a question. We've all been here. Something that all speakers have dealt with. You receive an email, specifically an email, asking for your availability and pricing. What's your next step, Linda? Well, one of the things is not to freeze. Okay. And, you know, in our website, we actually have them choose. What are you looking for fee range? Okay. But if it's a cold email, mm-hmm. I need to know my ranges. I need to know what number to what number. And then I usually say it depends on what you want me to do. Okay. Let's see if there's a fix. Okay. And often those emails aren't going to me, so I actually have someone who helps sell me now. So okay. some people do that as well. Okay. And so my speaker management company does that. Mm-hmm. But before I did that... I always had to be able to say, here's my range, Mm -hmm. and not be scared to say it. Okay. So just telling them whatever the price is. Do you reply by email? Do you call them? How do you normally handle that? I usually would say, let's set up a call and see if I'm even a fit. Okay. See if this even makes sense. And then I can, you know, know what you want and tell you if I can do it and what it would cost you. Okay. So you're putting that fee out there. You're not shy about that. Should you place pricing on your website? Should you share via email? Do you only share it over a call? What what are your thoughts on this? Well, you need to know what it is, and you need to be comfortable. Some of these people are just fishing, and they they can probably find it if you're on any bureau sites, Mm -hmm. or, you know, they can probably find your fee through a friend. Right. Um, A lot of people will ask you, you know, just flat out, what is it? So I just Mm -hmm. give them the range. Okay. But... I'd prefer to talk to them on the phone. Right. But I, I'm not I'm not weird when I talk to the phone. You know, I say, this is what it is. It's from here to here, usually. Okay. Let's talk and see what you want. Okay. See if there's a fit. And then we start talking. And the reason why I do that mm-hmm. is it's just like when you go to a grocery store. They don't say, well, how much is in your pocket to pay for it? 
you mm. know how much do you need you got to be confident about what you're offering right right now when you say don't be weird how, how are speakers sometimes weird do you think when it comes to the pricing piece well somebody will say what do you charge and, and they'll go well it depends can you tell me what your budget is can you tell me everything that you've got can you how who have you had last time and you know those are mm-hmm. good questions mm-hmm. but why wouldn't you just tell them my range is this mm-hmm. so that you can shortchange that conversation if, if they've got five dollars and right. you don't work for five dollars then that that conversation's over right right well I'm hopefully most of us listening aren't working for five dollars but I got you I know we're giving some examples there um but speaking of five dollars are there times where you should ever speak for less than your fee I do it I do it for lots of reasons one you know my biggest client came from speaking for free okay multi-million dollar client you know that came from speaking for free okay the the other reason I do it is if I have a heart pull, someone I really like, or some mm. something give back that you know some some association or someone who's in our industry that I right. care about. The other times I've done it, I've done it for friends. Okay. So maybe a friend is taking me for full fee or taking me for a great vacation or something, you know. Right. Um, but then they call me and they say, "I've got to have you." Somebody canceled. Um, we've got an executive session. It just doesn't have the budget. Can you help me out? Mm-hmm. And if they've helped me out in the past, mm-hmm. yeah, of course I'm going to help them out. So I would do it for any front. Okay. So I want to circle back to something that you said because I, I do think it's wonderful that you leave space to do free things as a favor, but you also leave space to do things that generate business. One of the things that you also said earlier was um, when it came to stating your fee to be confident, what about speakers that aren't confident about their fees in the first place? You've got to know what your value is. You absolutely need to go back and circle around and say, so what happened afterwards? Mm. And you can even do that during a session. Let's say you're doing more of a program or a workshop. Right. Say, before we leave... What did you get out of this? What are you mm-hmm. going to do? Um, with all my salespeople, I always do a benchmarking. You know, what do you need to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Where are we along the line? Mm. Talk to their managers. You got to know what you're worth so you feel comfortable asking for it. You know what I love about this when you talk about benchmarking? Because then later on after the program, you can always come back to those people six months later if you have their contact information and get those results. And then it sounds like plugging that right back into that value statement. Right. And so many people forget about the pilot program idea where you say, well, you know, let's just see if it even works. Mm -hmm. I know you said you have 100 people. Let's see if it works. Okay. So give me your top 10 producers. Give me your top 20 you think are high performers or high potentials. Let's see if it works. And then you have to benchmark it to show the client. And then, you know, they see that somebody's making two times, three times what they what they were, or maybe asking or helping clients so much better. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're going to pay your fee. Wow. And then that's proof for the next. So not only will they bring you back in, but that's proof for the next client as well. Exactly. I had one client say, I said, so what did I save you? Mm-hmm. You know, working with your team. He said, I don't know, about $3 million. Wow. Yeah. Over working for 18 months, we saved $3 million to his bottom line. That That's incredible for him. Right. Right? He didn't even think about the dollar sign, so you have to ask a lot of times. I think that's extremely valuable. So anyone that's listening right now that's not benchmarking on some level, I think we all need to start benchmarking. Are there any tools you would recommend that are, that are helpful with benchmarking? It's, you know, there's all sorts of tools that mm-hmm. people sell, but the biggest thing is, are you willing to ask for it? Okay. It's not using a tool. It's more, what are we trying to achieve? Did we hit 
you know, what's this dollar costing you? What's mm-hmm. what's this problem costing you in dollars? Okay. You know, those types of things. But okay, knowing just, your value. So just asking the client directly, not necessarily all the attendees. You don't have to use Survey Monkey or anything, but you're saying just asking the client. You can, or you can use surveys. Okay. You can survey all the attendees and say, what's your biggest problem? How many hours? That's how, you know, my surveys that I do, I do surveys. I know okay. my numbers through my books. Okay. So anybody says, well, how do you know that people are losing money? I could say, well, more than a thousand people told me this. Hmm. Well, it's the same. So if you send out to your attendees or your people you're going to deal with, hey, how many hours are you working a week on this specific issue? Right. What kind of problems are you causing? How much more do you think you could do if you did X, Y, Z, whatever you're teaching them how to do? They'll tell you. They want help. Most people want to work. It's they just, want to help. It's just a matter of asking. Just a matter of asking. And you talk all the time about asking outrageously. So I do. You, you just tied that right back <laughs> in. Do you see how we did this, Linda? I love that so, about you. <laughs> so I have one more question yeah. for you that I think is going to might be one of the more powerful questions we talk about today. Can you share three powerful tactics for getting higher than your typical fee? Absolutely. First off, we've talked about knowing your value, mm-hmm. but know how to quantify it to numbers. Mm-hmm. That's the big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, companies don't say, well, people smile more. Right. They want to know your percentage. They want to know how many people were promoted. Mm-hmm. Know, the, know the dollars that you save, the dollars you gain, and the time, because mm-hmm. they can always translate the time. Okay. The second big one, start living in the what else. Mm-hmm. Live in the question. Mm-hmm. So what what is this causing you? What kind of problems? Who else is doing something? And then ask them this. Mm-hmm. What have you thought about in trying to fix this problem. Okay. And they'll say, well, I came to you, the expert. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh, I know. And I bet you have some ideas. Hmm. That's where my money's come from, is when I've said, so what have you thought about? And I thought maybe a half-day program. They're like, I think about a year. You can work with my different teams. You can do all these different things. Could you also coach them? Could you also facilitate some strategic sessions? And Mm -hmm. I'm thinking... Yeah, you're about to sell yourself short to one half a day, you know? Okay. Right? And then the last one is really, um, really know that your job is to help them do better at their job. Hmm. So when you're asking outrageously, you can say, so wave a magic wand or, you know, if everything went your way mm-hmm. and it was in a ball that was hit way out of the park, what would that look like? What would that feel like? How would you know? Mm-hmm. Get those measurements because first off, that's going to tell you, yeah, that's not me. Okay. Or second, you think, you know what? I can create something amazing for this person. They don't even know what a rock star they're going to look at. You always want to be the the friend, the helper, the the person that's helping propel your client's career too. And it's not just the person who's writing the check. It might be the person that's one on one with you who originally took a risk. Think about it. They took a risk mm-hmm. and brought you into their organization and asked you to help them and ask you to speak. That's a big honor. It's a big responsibility. It is. It is. So you're working to help them look like a rock star. But today, you've helped everyone listening look like a rock star as well. Linda, thank you so much for joining us on Voices of Experience. Well, thanks so much. You guys, go negotiate. (laughs) Those were some juicy tips. Now let's learn even more negotiation tactics. This segment of Voices of Experience, we have Greg Williams. Now, you're going to find Greg to be a wonderful treat. And not only is he here to share some amazing information with us, but to tell you a little bit about Greg, he does 80 events per year on average, 
but strictly on negotiations and body language. So there is no one better qualified to share some tips with us today on how you can get more per gig and negotiating strategies for speakers. Thank you for joining us, Greg. Thank you for having me, Crystal. I am so excited about this because I know this is something you not only speak on, but you're kind of doing this from two different angles, internally as well as for your customers. So my first question for you is, when it comes to positioning, I know you speak on positioning as part of this, how do you start the bonding process with an event planner within the first 22 seconds of a call? Well, first of all, you should know whom it is that you're targeting to do business with. Mm-hmm. That's number one. So. If that's the case and you get a call from an event planner for that particular event, Mm -hmm. you already know what it is that you need to do to position yourself. Now, I said you should have positioned yourself prior to that. Mm -hmm. You could have done that by showing videos to that particular segment that you're trying to initiate some type of uh, engagement with. Mm -hmm. You could have also had a podcast whereby you interviewed their chief whatever officer Mm. in that environment. So the event planner calls you and you say, oh, by the way, I want you to know that I interviewed such and such and so and so, and she said, and by the way, please tell me how I can be of real service to you. And tell me what that means to you. Now, what you've done is framed that particular conversation that you're about to have Mm -hmm. in a manner such that you're positioning yourself Mm -hmm. as someone that wants to add value to that meeting planner, that event planner. And in so doing, you're saying, I'm on your side. Some people would not consider that to be a negotiation. Mm -hmm. But... That really is because not only are you shaping what's going to be discussed, but you're shaping the perception of how you're positioning yourself. So really in this instance, when we talk about positioning, you've already built up credibility before that call even started. Exactly. And let's Mm. frame this from another perspective. Okay. You've been in the speaking business five years, 10 years, 15 years, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So once again, you know whom it is that you're actually targeting, Mm -hmm. and thus, from a positioning perspective, it's a call that you can expect and or you've been in touch with that event planner in prior situations, on prior occasions. Okay, Mm -hmm. you didn't get the gig last year. Mm -hmm. You sent a thank you note to that particular event planner to let you know next year, by the way, keep me in mind, a few months before the event, Mm -hmm. you've reached out to him or her again, and again, it's about staying top of mind. Top of mind. I love that. So we're going to shift a little bit because this is something else that I think we can all benefit from. Let's talk about selling bundled packages because I think a lot of times as speakers, it's not just about leaving money on the table. We're leaving value on the table for the client and the audience as well. When we just give out that one price to show up and talk or whatever and then leave. Talk to me about how to bundle packages. Well, first of all, and this is something that Ron Carr said many years ago, former NSA national president, before you sell something, you have to know what it is that you are selling. Mm. And I use that as a lead-in to say, when you're attempting to bundle packages, you have to understand what it is that particular event planner is seeking as far as the outcome Mm. of that particular engagement. And thus, you can say something along the lines of, okay, so I know you want there to be a continuing component in this particular engagement. Mm -hmm. What do you envision that to be? 
And the event planner says, well, um, maybe it could be in books. Um, maybe it could be in online courses. And it's like, okay, keep ticking down the list but of Greg, what I can offer you're, you. You're, you're, Greg, you're having them basically write a grocery list of what to add to the bundle package? Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Exactly. And, and let's take it from another perspective, too, Crystal. Okay. okay. So the event planner says, oh, it's a, a one-and-done situation. Mm-hmm. Now, did you see what I just you did? You paused. That's right. You paused because you're waiting for them to fill that space. I see you. Bingo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they will, they will more than likely give you some additional insight mm. about what it is that they would like to see occur. Mm-hmm. Or worst case scenario, they say, are you still there? And you can say something along the lines of, I am. And I would imagine the participants that attend the event mm-hmm. will do exactly what I just did. Mm-hmm. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Mm. So you want to place that thought in that particular event planner's mind that, wow. wait a minute, maybe I better think about some continuing educational opportunities right. for those participants. Oh, that is so smart. And, and the fact that you're really having them list the things they want, because you didn't know beforehand that they wanted four follow-up webinars. You didn't know they wanted books. You didn't know that they wanted to license content or for you to create a workbook for the session. You just had them tell you exactly what to add. And I'm sure, now we don't all have the benefit of having your smooth and melodious voice, but even coming out of my voice, I think that could work, Greg. That's amazing. So let's talk about, we're talking about making more money per sale, right? Or making more money per per event potentially. Let's talk about those back of the room sales because people have different opinions on this in different ways, but it looks like You're not even talking about necessarily not getting paid to speak. You're talking about the fact that that's an add-on, no? Well, it's an add-on, and it can be a pre-sale event also. Okay. Uh, We just spoke about what the add-on would be a moment ago. Mm -hmm. With the Mm pre-sale, you can do one or two things. First of all, try to get a situation written into your contract whereby you can give away some of the continuing educational products that you offer that's like seeding the audience to want more but wait Mm -hmm. there's more uh, type of thing and you then during the course of your engagement Mm -hmm. you may bring people up on stage to do a demonstration of whatever it is that you're speaking about Mm -hmm. i know uh, as an example uh, phil van hooser has uh, what he calls um, the honesty game Mm. Okay. I have something in my trainings called the negotiation game. Okay. So you bring someone up on the platform, Mm -hmm. you give them one of the products, and they're walking away. And let's say there were two people that may have raised their hand to be a volunteer to come up at the same time. Okay. You can then say to the second person, someone that's sitting further away from the front of the stage uh, than you are. And you say, and you know, since you were the second person that raised your hand, I'm going to give you one of these two. Mm -hmm. You make sure as you pass it to someone close to the front Mm -hmm. that they have an opportunity to pass it further back. Oh, so all of them have to hand it back and see what they don't have. You got it. Oh. And and the thing is, now here's a little uh, psychological trick. Okay. When people have something, even Mm -hmm. if it's for a moment, Mm -hmm. they take possession of it. Mm -hmm. When they have to give it up, they want it back. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so again, okay. you're seeding the process for them to go to the back of the room and make purchases. That makes a lot of sense. And the great thing is with NSA, we're not just pushing products. These really are continuing education opportunities. Um, so you're actually helping them follow through on the information that you shared. And that's an extremely, from my perspective, mm-hmm. key point. Mm-hmm. You're not pushing garbage uh, right. back there. You're giving them an opportunity to invest in themselves through the mm-hmm. engagement of whatever it is that you're offering mm-hmm. such that they can lift themselves to higher heights. I love that. So here's another one for you. You know, earlier you talked about maybe you didn't get a gig one year and you, you sent the, you know, the nice card and everything. How do you make money from those gigs you didn't get? Oh, boy, oh, boy. Again, it comes down to staying in touch with the event planner. Mm-hmm. So another speaker got the gig. Okay. Congratulate that speaker, number one. Right. Tell the event planner, I'm sure X did a great job. Mm-hmm. What would you have liked to have seen that maybe uh, didn't get covered because of whatever reason? Mm-hmm. Well, I wish there would have been a continued educational process that the speaker had offered. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Uh, well, tell me what that would look like now. <gasps> and then again, they're giving you a grocery list wow. of what they'd like to have. I have gained so many additional, I'll call it, opportunities okay. as a result of that. But a lot of speakers feel as though Oh, I didn't get the gig. Oh, that's it. Next. No, 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 no. There still may be money if you but look under that rock. So there's a little meat still on that bone. Oh, definitely Success so. Says the vegetarian, but you, <laughs> you get the point. I don't want the meat, but you know what I mean. I do. Maybe because it's vegan meat. I don't know. And I will chew a bone to death. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, that, and that is a really powerful tip about leveraging Really, I think those are opportunities. I would say they're hidden opportunities. Mm. Most of us can't even see them. So you're helping us see things that are right there in front of us. Oh, yeah, absolutely right. And the thing is, a lot of people don't see it Mm -hmm. because they don't look for it. Mm -hmm. And we will always miss what we're not looking for. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I I agree with that. I have one last question for Mm -hmm. you, if you have time, Greg. When should you consider speaking for free? Like, when, when is that something that makes sense? Because there are so many debates with speakers about, and you hear some people say, I will never speak for free, I do not do it. And others seem to be giving away the farm and they never get paid. So, so to help us from a negotiation standpoint and a business growth standpoint, how should we look at free gigs? Okay, first of all, I will always make time for NSA, no mm-hmm. matter what it is that I have. Now. What if you as a speaker Mm -hmm. took that same attitude for a niche that you were interested in gaining more of an advantage to speak at different uh, events that they had, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Mm -hmm. That's a way you can do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you say, well, you know, I want to speak for your association, your organization. Mm -hmm. Tell me how I might be able to do that while it be a benefit to me also. Mm-hmm. Again, you get you want their perspective, the event planner or whomever it is that you're speaking to, mm-hmm. as to what a win-win situation would be like for them. And so what? They say, well, you know, we never pay speakers. Meanwhile, 
it's a group of, now I'm using this as a hypothetical situation, mm-hmm. billionaires that want to learn more about how to negotiate better, want their employees to know more about wow. how to negotiate better. Right. An opportunity doesn't exist just in the moment. Mm-hmm. My motto is, you're always negotiating. And thus, you should really look at every situation you're involved in as a negotiation. You may not get paid today, but you can set the, the table, as it were, right. whereby you can eat tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. Our VOE content is only the tip of the iceberg. Have you read Speaker Magazine lately? Visit nsaspeaker.org forward slash speaker magazine, all one word, for even more delicious business expanding content. I'll see you next week when we'll discuss how you can ensure that you never just give a talk again, but deliver well-crafted experiences. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.